this morning. If you're blessed this morning, just turn to your brother and sister. Say, God bless you. We're blessed to be here. I love that last verse. It says, in a home up in heaven by and by, brother and sisters on this earth, there are mine through my new birth. Let's sing that last verse again as Brother Colley comes this morning for responsive reading. I have shoes on my feet and I have plenty to eat and a home up in heaven by and by. Oh, brother, oh, that's what we are here for. They are mine through my new birth and will share in the home of the sky. Oh, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. Amen. Amen. The blessing just to know that we have a Savior that come forth unto us. We were talking this morning on the way up. We went over and over a situation that there's nothing you can do to save yourself, but Jesus Christ has already done it all for us. If we can just accept his blessing, it's already finished. And he wants us to realize that and to recognize it. But until we see what he has given unto us, it's hard to receive it. So just pray. Brother Bob Sunday School, especially we were talking about in Hebrews 10. If you just read that and accept it. For all things are given unto us for the manifesting of the bride. Realize we are not bride as a whole, but we are bought bride in part. And just let our part be accepted in Jesus Christ's eye. Amen. Amen. We're going to let us pray. We're going to read Psalm 46, 1 through 11. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful this morning. We're thankful that we have an ever-loving Savior who has touched our bodies, Lord, who has delivered us from the wicked sins and troubles of this world. Lord, let us realize that you are always with us, Lord, that your blessings and your word is true. Lord, what we fail to receive, let us keep praying, God, until you deliver it unto us. Father, the troubles that I see in my own life, Lord, things that seem like impossible to happen, but they do. And Satan rages around us, Lord, trying to destroy us trying to keep us from believing but your word God is true and that's what we are depending upon we ask you that the words we hear today Lord be manifested and become a part of our lives and strengthen us we ask you to bless brother Wade as he prepares to bring your word unto us God that we will receive it 
And the scriptures that we read today, Lord, let them be a part of our life. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Going to read Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall be glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth his spear in sunder. He burneth his chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. God bless you. May be seated. scripture we have on the other side of that being there it comes from that chapter but I've never noticed that one scripture says God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved amen, amen. that's what the rock of revelation does it establishes you unmovable like the tree that's planted by the waters brother Michael would you come this morning Uh, let's sing that song, God on the Mountain, page uh, 698. Amen. We're thankful that he went to a mountain for us one time, Mount Calvary. And no matter what the circumstances are, we can always look to him on that same mountain. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain. Yeah. 
children of God, we should have no fear. I was thinking in there a few minutes ago, you know, until God's finished with you, the devil cannot even touch you. Until God's finished with you. And then he might let you, you know, take a little, you know, like he did Job and kind of pull back a little bit, the anointing off of him. You feel like you lost his Adam's house cat, but you're not. Remember, God can't unlove you. But he lets you go through trial so you love him more. Because the problem is, is we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, contrary to loving God. Now, we love the God of the evil age, but we didn't love this God that we're talking about now. He, we, were, we were unlovable, right? So if we were unlovable, we didn't know how to love him. But now we do know how to love him. Amen? <clears throat> Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have each and every one of you with us. Good to have everybody kind of back with us. Uh, uh, there's a few that still out, but pray for them and good to see Brother Boyd back and uh, and uh, got that sugar under control yet? Well, you'll be good. You'll be it'll be gone by the end of the service. You'll be fine. Janice just gonna have to quit feeding you sugar. 
Just saying. But yeah, but good to have everybody here. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to uh, John 1. But today we're going to speak on, today we're going to just add to what Bob just said and uh, read the same scriptures Bob just read. Talk about the same thing Brother Bob just said. So, I mean, you, 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 it, it's not scary. I just believe it's the Lord, you know, getting us, getting us ready to hear something, and getting us, getting our mind in the right tune. That's what, that's what I pray when we pray. But in the back with the, with the song leaders and different ones, we pray that we get in the same channel. Harmony, same harmony, same channel, and you know you sing the same songs that may be part of the service, and and you know that we don't know what I'm going to preach. Bob doesn't know, and I don't know what he's going to teach on. So uh, we just see that the Lord just, I think He confirms that, <clears throat> even in our even in our ignorance. Sometimes we we are uh, we're led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. So I appreciate Brother Bob and his Sunday school teaching. I sure do appreciate him. He's a good. A good addition to the church, so that's your appreciation. Amen. And all of them. Everybody has their part. <clears throat> Everybody has their part, and we sure appreciate it. Uh, remember now, by way of announcements, real quick, Thursday and Friday, Sister June and I will be going to camp meeting. This will be this is the week of camp meeting at Ruth, North Carolina. There'll be a lot of missionaries there. Um, they will probably be some preaching for us, but Brother Keith Reed is coming back with us on Saturday morning. And then Saturday from 5 to 6, we're going to have Bible, not Bible study, we're going to have prayer service up here from 5 to 6. And then from 6 to 8, we're going to have questions and answers. We already have some. Bring the ones that you have, and uh, we'll have a good time in the Lord. But this is our regular um, Bible study uh, slash questions and answers. And Brother Keith and Sister Francine will be with us, so we sure do appreciate that. And then he'll be speaking for us both services on Sunday, and we'll be taking communion after second service, and then after the communion, we'll have a 65th anniversary um, little party, cake and ice cream for mom and dad, brother and sister Dale, downstairs. So uh, 65 years, wow. <clears throat> praise God. Amen. Man, praise, praise God. The numbers get bigger. But we're going to speak to you today. We were talking about it, I think, Wednesday night a little bit. But we're going to speak on one section, and, and I may I may bring out the uh, the old chalkboard tonight or this afternoon. I may bring the old dry erase board. But it's so I tried to get it off. We haven't used it in so long. I can't get the numbers off of it. So I'm going to have to find some alcohol or something to get the numbers off of it because we haven't used it in a while. But remember, we're talking today about your new birth. Not the Holy Spirit up here. We'll get to that this afternoon. But there's got to be. It's the same Holy Spirit. But it's two different sections of your journey. All right? Just like an anointing is a section of your journey. Uh, the virtues are a section of your journey. But the new birth is the beginning of your journey. So that, to me, that's the most important one. You, if you're not born again today, you are not in the virtues of God. You can't even understand what I'm saying today. That's what the Bible says, because I'll read it to you. Without the Holy Ghost, you can't even recognize who Jesus Christ is. All right, because the world calls him this, the world calls him that, people call him this, people call him that. <clears throat> and I want to get y'all's opinion on this. Sister Jim said that uh, sometimes the red is not 
doesn't look very good. So I'm going to highlight it in a little bit, blue, little bit of blue. So um, there'll be a survey after the service, and uh, if it's uh, if it's good, talk to me. If I mean talk to Sister Jim. If it's not, talk to her again. We're going to get this thing in a minute where y'all can read it. All right. We love the Lord. He's good to us, isn't he? I mean, he really is. He's good to us that we can, we can come to church and we can worship God. At the time, we can worship him now in spirit and truth. And then there won't be a time when we'll get together maybe. But while we're here, we're going to cherish every moment of it. All right. <clears throat> so let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word that you give us lord thank you for the brothers and sisters that's come to hear from you the ones that are at home lord that can't come because of sickness and different things sister freedom mom and dad the different ones sister mary sister johnny lord just many 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 ones that we ask lord your blessings on them may they lord feel the anointing of just as we feel it today in this church father because we all brought our little licks of fire and father they have their little licks of fire wherever they are Father, I pray that you be with the ones, Lord, that are on the highways traveling. Uh, just bless them and take care of them. Be with the missionaries. They're all starting to come in, Lord. Between now and a couple of weeks, there'll be many, many people come from many, many parts of the world. Father, what a great family that we have, Lord, that's scattered and, and that we're able to, even now for a little while, we're able to, to converse and to fellowship with people from other countries and see how they live and how God is moving in their life and moving in their church and moving in their country, Lord. We pray that you'd be with them, Lord, as they travel. Give them traveling mercies. Lord, just bless each one. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> also, Brother um, Jason Jackson is going to be here the next weekend which will be a Saturday night service at 6 o'clock and one Sunday service on August the 13th at regular time. It'll be a regular service. And also, Brother Jason is preaching this afternoon at Brother Luke Gibson's. Sister June and I are going to go over there, and we're all welcome to go if you want to go. Um, we're going to go over there. If the preacher's not long-winded this afternoon, we we'll, should have plenty of time to get there. It's only about an hour from here, so uh, so we'll try to get finished, but we'll go and support um, Brother Jason there he'll be here in a couple of weeks also at the end of the service don't let me forget i want all the kids that are in school and all the teachers we're going to give out prayer cloths and we're going to bring you around up here to front and we're going to pray over you all right because school year starts uh school year starts here pretty quick and we need all the help we can get they need all the help they can get amen so we're going to do that we're going to pray over each and every one. So in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? He's taught, he, he is, his mind is way back in the Old Testament. Carnal. Alright? But Jesus is what? He's trying to get him to see the New Testament, the new way, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. <clears throat> Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? No. If he did that, you'd be the same person you was when you came out the first time. Alright? But Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, 
He cannot enter the kingdom of God, and that S is capitalized, so it's talking about the Holy Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So there's a distinction. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You may be seated. It's not a suggestion. It's not a you might need to be. You must be born again. Amen? So let's, let's read there in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. <clears throat> the Bible says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. So what's going to separate us? The Holy Ghost is the only thing that's going to separate us from the world. Everybody with me? It's not the this and that and going to church and reading your Bible and getting stars and, you know, believing Brother Brandon was a prophet and I'm living the best way I can. No. You've got to receive the spirit that is not of this world because you'll always wind yourself back around to the spirit of the world. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will always wind yourself back to where you were to begin with. Everybody with me? All right. <clears throat> but the spirit which is of God, we don't have the spirit of the world, we have the spirit which is of God, that we might what? Know the things that are freely given to us of God. We'll talk about it in just a minute, but let me just put something in your, in, into your memory as Bob was talking uh, this morning. Remember those people in the Old Testament, they didn't know who Jesus Christ was. They didn't know this plan of redemption. They were part of it, but they didn't know it. They didn't know, all they knew was depend on that priest. Depend on that priest. That's all they knew. They didn't know any of this. They didn't have a Bible. Oh, yeah, they had the Torah later on because Moses wrote the, you know, the first five books of the Bible. So they did have that in scroll form. But they didn't have it where they could take it home and read it. They would just wait till Sunday or, or Saturday, actually, for the Sabbath day. They would read the, the how Jehovah was, you know, this and Moses was this and how Moses led the people out of the children of Israel. And I appreciate that. Amen. But I want the God of that. Yes, sir. I appreciate people that can tell me that they were in meetings with Brother Branham and that they were this and they were that and they went fishing with him, hunting with him, they got the belt buckle and all that stuff. That's like Moses, though. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a story if that God's not made alive in your heart. Amen. Same way with Brother Branham. Brother Branham wasn't my God. But if I got the God that William Branham had and the God that William Branham brought, it will turn me to that message. It will turn me to that messenger and know that he was the messenger of this day, no doubt. No one else. No other man had a message like that man had. Which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So we have... If you're not now, you you are a natural person by birth. But you have become, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you become a spiritual person. You become where you listen to what God said. You listen to what God said, though, through man. you got to remember Paul. Take, the Paul. take Paul, the great master builder. Paul was writing 80% of the, Old, of the New Testament. How did he write 80% of the, of the Old Testament, or the New Testament? He got it from the Old Testament. But he was able to run it through his filter of the Holy Ghost to be able to write Hebrews 11, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 9, and explain every one of those things that was never explained in the Old Testament. So here we are in a New Testament. Here we are. We should be illuminated so much more. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, just think about the people in the Old Testament. They just kind of went through their life, and that was about it. That's not me and you. We have a Christian journey to walk. 
They didn't have a Christian journey to walk. They walked according sometimes to their flesh, but they walked some of them by faith. Some of them didn't care whether there was a sacrifice made. Some of them would absolutely cry their eyes out trying to get that off of them. But when they laid their hands on that animal, the animal spirit left, but the spirit that was inside that made that man do it, it didn't leave. Listen, it didn't have to. There was nothing to clean it up. But when Jesus comes, he could not only, his spirit couldn't only leave, it came back. And it came back to make somebody eternal. Not just pass him up. Not just send them back to a tabernacle. Now, I don't mean the one in Jeffersonville either. Acts 19, verse 1, And it came to pass that while Apollos was a Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Now, we're going to get to this in just a minute, or maybe this afternoon. This is a, this is a spot where, to me, it's a, a, a turning point in the Bible because you've got Luke is writing this commentary, right? He's with Paul most of the time. So he writes the book of Acts. <coughs> and here Paul comes to this certain group of people that maybe he'd heard of before and said, man, they're get, having some powerful service services they're having some you know some seems like holy ghost filled services they were anointed they didn't have the holy ghost but they were preaching as if they had the holy ghost right now watch finding certain disciples so it was people that sat in a a message church they were in their own message church for the day but they had not met the messenger yet he was fixing to show up and ask them a question. Now, I want you to get into this with me. He asked him a question. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe this message? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you've received this new way that you're in now? And they said, we don't know what you're talking about. Now, here they are versed. In whatever they're versed in, John's baptism, unto repentance. They were repentant. They were they, they were trying to get their heart right, but they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They thought they were in the message. Oh, come on, somebody. They thought they were in the message. They were in John's message because you're going to read. We'll read a little bit later on. This is just a snippet of it. But a little bit later on, he said, well, how were you baptized? Paul. Now, here's Paul, the master builder. He What he's doing is he's tearing down their tabernacle. He's tearing down their idol, and he's showing them the real way. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, we ain't even heard of this new message. We hadn't even heard. In other words, we're going to read where Brother Brown says, and I finally I found it the other day. Where Brother Brown says in blasphemous names, he said, it's an ill-taught subject, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People teach it this way and teach it that way. Well, that's what was happening here. They just wasn't calling it the Holy Ghost. They were teaching that they were Christians without the Holy Ghost. But when but when the messenger of the hour, when he walks on the scene and and, and somebody heard his voice, they said, we don't know what you're talking about, but... We're not going to run out of the building. We're going to sit here and listen to what you got to say. 
And they did. And he, what happened later on as we continue on, Paul expounded on them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then he laid hands on them and the Holy Ghost came on them. That was a very powerful church. It was about 12 people in that church there. All right. So we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So, so the basis I'm trying to show you is, is they were taught this way. This was it right here. Message of the hour. John. We were baptized under John's baptism. Oh, 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 well, you hear Brother Brown many times. He said, well, that ain't good enough now. It was good then. Luther's message was good then. Wesley's message was good then. Pentecost's message was good then. But not now. We've moved on. Brother Brown said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, God bless his word. I want to take the subject this morning of Jesus' first doctrine. So the first doctrine Jesus had was what? You must be born again. That was his first doctrine. That was the first thing when he came on the scene, he was trying to get the people to see. <clears throat> All right? And, and it, it was a new way because none ever heard about that before. They never heard that there was going to be this, this uh, uh, Holy Ghost from on high and it's going to enter in, burn the old you out. Because remember, they're used to going making the sacrifices. The old you stay in the old you. And you're fighting and fighting and fighting your old nature. Kind of like us before the new birth. All right. So I want to take the subject. The first doctrine Jesus says is you must be born again. Now, in the way of Sunday school, so I don't want to preach and horse myself for tonight, I've thought in my heart this is something that seems puzzling. Puzzling to the people. We hear so much about it all the time, and I thought it would be good this morning if we just searched the subject through and clear it out. Now, watch him. It's a very deep subject. It's a very deep one. And we find out that there's so many different meanings that people put on it. Nearly all churches say you must be born again, but each one has their different interpretation to it, what it means to be born again. Now listen, Jesus didn't say you must be born again 17 different ways. He said you must be born of water and spirit, and then he just finally puts a cap on and says you've got to be born from above. You can't be born from down here. You've got to be born from something coming from another dimension into this dimension. And uh, Bob, Brother Bob said this one, change you, yes. not patch you up. Right. Might go to the Methodists and they say, we believe you must be born again. How do you interpret that? I go to the Baptists. Now, you know, Baptists, all y'all Baptists, you go up, you shake the hand, you get the right hand of fellowship. They put your name on a roll. They stick it in a box. And you're born again from there to the rest of your life. Doesn't matter how much cigarettes you smoke, how many times you've been divorced, married, or if you ever even come to church again. Now, we know that's not true. I do believe in once saved, always saved. Brother Brown did too, but if once truly saved, you're always saved. So he said, look, he said, if we went to 900 different denominations, there'd be 900 different interpretations. So seeing that there's so many different interpretations and yet a Bible doctrine... There must be and is a truth somewhere. So now remember, it didn't say you ought to be born again. It said you must be born again. Now we as English speaking people understand the word must means that is absolutely you've got to do it. See, it's a must, not you ought to. You'd be better off if you did. But you must be born again. Oh, if we could just take that word this morning and break it down, what it means. And that's totally impossible, in other words, to preach it in one sermon. 
then if it's that essential and that great, then it's totally impossible to enter the kingdom of heaven or even see it until you're born again. And so many different interpretations of that word born again, we ought to seek it out with all the heart, find out what it means. Now, we know that in this church, we, I believe we've been taught the way to be born again. All right? And, but we've got some new ones here, and we've got some ones coming from different places. So we want to reiterate um, and, and listen. If it's one of the most ill-taught subjects, it's a subject that's important to preach. Okay, if it was ill-taught in the 60s, it sure is ill-taught even in the message of the hour. Because they tell you that all you got to do is come to a message church and, and some say just press play and some just say do this and some say do that. And, and, and there's never a birth. It's just, well, I've, I've been, I've sat in a message church for 35 years. You've been lost for 35 years too if you didn't get the new birth. Amen. <clears throat> you must be born again, 1961. Brother Brown said, no matter how much we try to think we're right in saying a creed or joining a church, or let me interpolate, or you always was eternal, you always this, you always that, we're the bride, hallelujah. Well, we are. You're the bride only if you're born again. Yes. Only if you come through justification, sanctification, and baptism with the Holy Ghost can you be bride. Amen. You're not bride by automatic. That's right, man. That's too easy. Well, it's not hard to be born again, but you fight it because your old nature don't want it. I'm sorry. Mine didn't. Maybe yours did. That's the worst fight I've ever done. It's myself. All right. I got some amens, and maybe you'll think about it. Watch this right here, though. Brother Brown says, and no matter how much that we try to think we're right, and saying a creed or joining a church. Because remember the Apostles' Creed? And remember all these different things you say? Even the Catholic Church tells you, you know, that, that you don't get the Holy Ghost. The, the, the priest does, but he gives it to you and by, you know, speaking to you in a language you can't understand. <clears throat> and you got to pay money and say Hail Marys and all that stuff. That would be rough. But look, you're still what you were until you're actually born again. Amen. So I don't care how many quotes, how many times you can come to church, how many times you get stars behind beside your name. Until you're born again, you cannot understand this message. <clears throat> it doesn't change you to recite John 3.16. Hebrews 13.8. Revelation 10.7. Malachi 4.5. It doesn't change you. Your creed, joining church, or changing your ideas, or your good intentions, although as good as it might seem, it's still not right. Amen. There's something got to happen. Look, the new birth is an absolute. I'm going to put that word out. It's an absolute experience. Yes, sir. Something that takes place. Amen. So it's not that you bring... So it's not that that brings the new birth. In other words, the creed and the, you know coming to church and all that. Okay. Now, the different churches, they say, well, you accept this or believe this, it's all right. But it isn't. Now, to begin with, to base back, the reason we have to be born again is because the Bible teaches us, look, that we were all born in sin. All right? So if you'll start there, just start there. Don't start that I was this great something back in eternity. I was this Genesis 1 person. I was this, I was that. You were lost. If you come through your mama's womb, I don't care who you are. You were born lost. There was only one man that came through the womb 
that was not lost. And that's Jesus Christ. All right, well, now, if he's inside of you, but he wasn't inside of you when you was a crying baby down in the hospital or wherever you got born at. Because remember, Nicodemus, Jesus said, uh, that one will kill you. I'm trying to get you to see this new one. That birth will kill you. I'm trying to get to see a new one. And I'm telling you, that birth will kill you. Your first birth, you're dead. Born dead. We were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and come to this world speaking lies. Then that shows us that our nature to begin with is sinful to start with. I know we know that, but we need to reiterate that there was no... Yes, we were a gene seed of God in the mind of God, but not in your soul. Your soul was as black as pitch. You were dead and on your way to hell. So was William Marion Branham. He said he was. I'm just quoting him. He's sinful to start with. We're no good to begin with. So we cannot claim anything by our shrewdness. By our sincerity, or how great we are, how little we are, or whatever more, we're altogether wrong to begin with. And there is nothing at all that we can do about it. The beginning. Right? The beginning is what we can't do anything about. You never, not one of you decided to be born as a, as a human child. Not one of you. It was the providence of God. That got you here so you can make a choice. He gave you a soul so you can make a choice. So that Genesis 1, we go back to that Genesis 1 man and we see that that was the children of God. That is the bride. That's God being able to develop himself in a group of people. But then what happened with Adam and Eve in the fall, as Brother Brown said one time, he said everything got cloudy and Adam, Adam used to have a clear mind and Eve had a clear mind. But all of a sudden, the clouds started rolling in. He couldn't talk to God like he used to talk to God. Now, he didn't lose his soul. He didn't lose his salvation. He lost his position. All right? He lost his position of what God had put him as the God of the earth. And Eve right beside him. Then he had to go into the second covenant to put Adam here and Eve here because of the fall. But... He didn't destroy Adam and Eve. No, he put them on out there and let them live 900 years. Amen. To start the genealogy, natural genealogy of man. All right? But Adam and Eve's one that, that, you know, Adam's one that sold us out. We know that. All right? So what Adam did is Adam forfeited. Brother Brown says forfeited eternal life. Now, listen, he didn't forfeit, forfeit eternal life in his soul. Now, I want you to understand something. Once God puts eternal life in your soul, he can never take it out. I don't care how bad you are. Remember, Brother Brown said you could get a spirit on your spirit, commit suicide, and still be the bride of Jesus Christ. Because of our humanity that we're in, that Adam sold that part of us out. Because, look, Adam couldn't make us born again. Adam wasn't my Savior. So I needed a Savior. Adam thought he could save Eve, but he needed saving. Well, he figured that out. And when he figured that out, he went out of the garden with Eve, and God said, all right. Now, I don't think Adam got out there and sat out on a rock. Now, I was thinking about this. Adam, you know, he was this, he was this, he was the great one. Control the sea, control the air, control this. I'm talking about the whole world. Listen, he didn't control his little, like, we're sitting in a building today. 
He controlled the world. The world economy went by Adam. And then all of a sudden he lost that. He lost that fellowship. Now, I don't believe Adam, if, if God took eternal life away from him, I'd have been really mad. But Adam understood that he lost his position. And he accepted that. And I believe, this is just me, and I, we can get to talk to him later on. But he didn't just go over there and sit, get up, go up in the mountain and just sit there and saw for 900 years. Because remember, he lived 900 years after that. For whatever the recording of time was, he lived 900 years. No, you know what he did? He told his children what happened. He told his girls and his boys what happened and what to stay away from. And I believe he was a master physician. I believe God still give him the responsibility of putting herbs together because they start getting sick. And there was no pharmacy. He was the apothecary. He did understand that if you take zinc and this and put it together, that you would put it on a sore because they started getting sick. They started having children. Diseases came upon them. And here's Adam saying, we can't go in there. But I was in there one time. And let me tell you, this is what you need to do to live better. I just believe that. Because I don't believe he just shut up and went over and sat somewhere for 900 years. No, he was active. He had kids. He had wife. He had all these different things, you know. <clears throat> so anyway, that's just a little snippet that we, sometimes we, we think of Adam, well, Adam and Eve got drove out of the Garden of Eden, and then we just kind of, the, you know, the story kind of peters out, we always call it. You know, there's nothing else goes on. No, they had a life. Abraham had a life. Abraham had a life after Sarah. He married whatever the other girl's name was. He married her and had a life. Right? So anyway, I want to talk to them about their lives that not was recorded in the Bible. I want to talk to them about the one I can't read. Amen? I just want to do that because they lived their life. They didn't just live that little, uh, you know, Genesis 12, 13, 14 through 18, and then Abraham, no, he kept living. And Brother Brown said, what did Abraham do? Abraham taught his children about God. All right, so they didn't just sit down and sulk like we do. God don't answer our prayer. Or we get a little something going on and we just say, well, God's, he's not even nowhere around. No, he's right there with you. But you got to be born again first. And as Brother Bob alluded to Joel 2.28, and it shall come to pass afterwards. Now watch. Now why is God doing this? Because God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. You know Why? Because there's going to be anointings. There's going to be anointed ones. There's going to be different things that's going to have to happen. So he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. All right? <clears throat> and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men see dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servant and handmaid, everybody in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in heaven, earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. Sun will be turned to darkness, moon to blood. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Now watch. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Now, Joel, you said you're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh. And now listen, all flesh is not going to call on the name of the Lord. Some are going to hate the Lord. Some are going to hate the name of the Lord. But he still poured out his spirit so that you can receive it. All right? 
By watch that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be what? A way out. Deliverance. As the Lord has said in the remnant who the Lord shall call. Hebrews 9 verse 1. says in verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service. I want you to watch this just for a second. And a worldly sanctuary. All right. So the sanctuary was down here. All right, everybody with me. For there was a tabernacle made, and the first wherein was the candlestick. Now, we always take outer court, inner court, holy of holies, three sections. There's only two. Remember, the outer court is for everybody. Even Gentiles could come into that outer court. It wasn't protected by God's law so much as the second one is, or the first one going in. When you go in the first one, what is it? There was a tabernacle made. The first one was the candlestick, the table, shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. That was what? The second, not the Holy of Holies. No, no, no. It was the second sanctuary, the first one out here. All right, the first, I mean, the the. just take this, your flesh, your spirit, and your soul. That's what the tabernacle really was. Because your flesh, everything can happen there. It's all out. You know, you're out here. You, you're just, um, you're under the elements. If it rained, it rained on you. If the sun was shining, it signed on you. If it was dark, it was dark on you. All right? But you went into that second, and the veil comes down, and it's covered. And then there's a what? There's a candlestick, a table, shoe bread, and all that means something. I'm not going to get to it right now. We've been through it many, many times. All right, now look, after the second veil, so that you've got to go through the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the Holy of Holies. Now look, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the gold pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. What was that? Ten Commandments. And over it, the cherubs of glory shadowed the mercy seat, and of which we cannot now speak particularly. Look, now, when these things were thus ordained, and the priest went always into the first tabernacle, so he could go in and out that first tabernacle, many priests, many preachers could go in that first tabernacle, right? All right. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself, and for the errors of the people. Now, that's Jesus Christ. He was the only one that could go back in that veil and take his blood, Amen. shed it for us, yes. come back out and say, you're redeemed. Amen. All right? Because remember, this blood was the blood of an animal. He could go in and sprinkle it and come back out and say, your sins are covered, not forgiven. That's right. In the Old Testament, right? right? Your sins are covered, not forgiven. Right. All right? <clears throat> the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Now, I've made that in bold letters because I want you to understand if you don't now. There was no new birth in the Old Testament. Now, I've had preachers fight me on this, and I don't see why because it just takes away from everything that Jesus Christ did. I know that the Old Testament saints are going to be given eternal life. I know that for a fact. I know that John Baptist got the Holy Ghost because the Bible said he did. But he didn't say the new birth. I know y'all know that, but maybe some that don't, you can realize how important this Holy Ghost is. Look, the Holy Ghost, this signifying, watch, 
that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while that first tabernacle was standing. So while that first tabernacle in the Old Testament was standing, no one got the new birth. When Jesus Christ was standing in his temple, there was no new birth yet. Come on. Nobody got born again while Jesus was alive. They had to die. He had to die to bring this new way, this new testament in my blood, he says. So while the first tabernacle was standing, no new birth. Why? They had an anointing. We covered it. Moses, different ones. They had an anointing. We'll cover it in just a second, just, just for a minute. While as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Look, which was a figure for the time then present. Because Jesus hadn't come yet. In which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. Now, what was the promise given, as we're going to reiterate what Brother Bob said, what was that promise? The promise was, I'm going to come back. I'm going to fix this thing, according to Genesis 3.15. I'm coming back. I'm going to do it. I'm not sending an animal. I'm not sending a second person of a trinity. I'm going to fix this thing myself. And if God's perfect, then he fixed it perfect. He could not make the people in the Old Testament perfect. As we're going to read in Hebrews. As pertaining to the conscious. Mm-hmm. Inside man. Look, which stood only in meats and drinks and many washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them. It had to be. Listen, Adam and Eve had to be covered. Or they would have died. They were covered. By a substitute. Until the real person came. Imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands, that is to say not of this building. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in one time. Not every year. Not every time somebody needed it. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Hallelujah. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of heifers sprinkled the unclean, sanctified them, then why do we need Christ? Sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit... Not an animal, never in their life had an eternal spirit. But Jesus Christ did. He was the eternal spirit. And he could give it out. And not diminish himself. You know, an animal died. If a lamb died, it wasn't 25 different lives went out of that animal. One went out. It never made the comer therein too perfect, as the Bible says. But when Christ died, he could multiply himself. The only one that can. All right, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience. Now, here we go. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We're talking about the new birth today. You must be born again. Right down here at the bottom. 
This is elementary, but guess what? We might all need to get born again. <clears throat> Look, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Remember, he stood up and said, this is the New Testament in my blood. The Old Testament was the blood of bulls and goats. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the, under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now listen, they didn't get that in the Old Testament. But now remember, when Jesus died on the cross, like I said before, we're not saying, I say we, I say us that believe and know that there was no new birth in, in the Old Testament. They're not all going to hell. No. That's the grace of God that when he threw both hands out like this, he went Old Testament and New Testament. He just, the New Testament was in his blood. They could be made perfect. These were made perfect and have not been yet though, but they will be made perfect by us. According to Hebrews 11. For where a testament is, and what's a testament? Testament something wrote down like a will. Right? Everybody with me? Right? So what was wrote down? Moses' law. Law, 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 law. Do this, don't do that. Right? But there's a New Testament. A New Testament in my blood, he said. But now look, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. In other words, if this, this will is not in force, the will that I have written, the will you have written, the will that our fathers and mothers have written, never is in force until you die. That's when it's put in force. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Listen, no one was saved with the new birth while Jesus was here. Thy kingdom come, he said. Thy will be done. He had the kingdom inside, but he had to let it out. Hebrews 10 verse 14 for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Couldn't happen in the Old Testament. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he said before this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. <clears throat> Somebody read that this morning. <clears throat> Sorry, I already had it there. So now, look at the Old Testament just for a minute. Maybe this will explain a lot more to you because Moses had an anointing. He had power without character. So he had power. He had an anointing that Joel said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now listen, but now Moses was picked for a purpose. Remember, he was a proper child. God knew he would do the things he did, the bad ones and the good ones. God knew what you'd do, the bad and the good. So David, Samson, Abraham, Jacob, Noah, Saul, Elisha, and all Hebrews 11 that Bob was talking about this morning, all those, the great hall of fame of faith, not one of them obtained the promise. The promise that God stood in the Garden of Eden and he said, I will put enmity between me and the serpent and between me and you, but I'm coming back. I'm going to put this puzzle back together. I'm going to be the piece that Satan's not going to know anything about. Satan said, oh, I got them now. They're out there and this God's going to kill them every one. Well, bless his heart. Didn't happen. 
But the old devil's persistent. He's still going since the dawn of time. But he was anointed. He was anointed for a job, and he's trying to do his job. But he's trying to do his job, not the job he was given. So Hebrews eleven thirty nine. So as Bob was reading today, we read all Abraham, all the great people of faith that we we build our foundation of faith on. Remember, that's the Hall of Fame. Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Fame of faith, but it's all Old Testament. They don't call nobody's name in there from the New Testament. Paul said, in all these, having obtained a good report through faith. Now, I even like, if you go back a little bit further, you'll read that Paul is telling you about all these great people, and he puts in parentheses, he interpolates, he says, of whom the world is not worthy to, for them to even be here. All these things that happened to them, oh, they were for an example, sure. But the world was not even worthy to have them in the in, in their in their uh, on the soil. But God wanted them there for an example for me and you. And all these having obtained a good report. All right, Paul's writing his report. What did Isaiah say? Who has believed our report? Somebody wrote something down about somebody. Because I just believe that Abraham probably didn't know much about being the father of our faith. He just knows he was strange. Maybe his neighbor knew he was strange. Lot probably knew he was a little bit strange. But he didn't know he'd be encompassed about six chapters in the Old Testament that we have talked about Abraham and still talking about Abraham for 6,000 years, his life. So that was important to put it in what? In the report. And it was a good report. Through faith receive not the promise. The promise is I'm going to come back. I'm going to take that Genesis 1 man and I'm going to put it in the hearts of my believers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to anoint them. I will still continue to anoint them. But I'm going to put myself inside of them because I'm going to be able to burn out that old nature. If you're not born again today, you have not had a burning. To burn your old nature out. You're married to two husbands, actually. And that's against the Bible. God, look, God having provided some better thing for us. New Testament. That they, without us, should not be made perfect. Or complete. So... So where are they? They're somewhere. You can say whatever kind of body they're in. I just know one thing's for sure. The Bible says that they will not be made perfect till we are. So you can put them wherever you want to put them. That's fine with me. Like Brother Brown said, if you believe he's coming on a cloud or a horse, that's okay as long as you believe he's coming. That's what he said. That's a quote. I just believe they're waiting somewhere in an incomplete form because they've not been made perfect. But they're in a dimension somewhere, and, and God's got them there. Listen, we, God don't need us to tell him where to put them. He puts them where he wants to put them. And I, you know what? I'm happy with that. I just know one thing for sure. There's a sixth dimension where the bride is. And God didn't, and Brother Brown didn't see Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob in that dimension. All right? So there must be a dimension that they're all in waiting for us to come to a body change so that they can have their change of their body. So there we go. 
So now Acts 2.38, what is this promise? What is this promise? They didn't receive this promise. Well, Acts 2.38 will tell you what it is. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of his sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise. The promise of what? The Holy Ghost. Is unto you and to your children, to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Everybody with me? So there's your promise. They didn't receive that promise. All right? Listen, they could repent. And listen, they can even be baptized under John's baptism. Because that's what, remember, Paul met those people. But they weren't, Paul says, look, that's good, but you're not perfect yet. That's good, but listen, you got to listen to the updated message. It came from Paul. We got to listen to the updated message. Irenaeus' message, as he, Brother Brown, was saying, Luther's message. He could stand and preach today and we'd say amen to most of what he said. But not all, because he's Trinitarian. But when he said the just shall live by faith, amen. For the promise isn't to you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. All right, everybody with me? So let's talk about this just for a minute, and then we'll get into it maybe this afternoon. Even the bottom, I want to stay down here. Let's don't even talk about that Holy Spirit up there, because it's the same Spirit... Because God don't have but one spirit, all right? You either got a holy one or an unholy one, and that's a two that, you know, that that's... So let's bring that down, though. That's in your soul today, either the Holy Spirit or the unholy spirit. That's in your soul. There's only two things in, that encompasses your soul today is either black or white. <clears throat> now, anointings can fall on the outside guy, can fall on the memory, reason, conscious effects, imagination from both sides, good and bad. You just had a bad thought. See, it's already on the bad one. Blasphemous names. Watch Brother Brown. He says, look, says, I believe that the reason that there's no, there's so much confusion today. There's so much confusion today about the Holy Spirit. It's not correctly taught. I believe that the baptism is taught. Just say the baptism. But then be like you said, automobile. But now I've got several mechanics in the church, so do we, and I don't know one thing about it. So if I make a mistake, brother, I'm calling Brother Donnie. Remember, I'm not a mechanic. There has to be calls, plugs, points, valves, and everything else that makes the automobile. And when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot goes with that. All right? See, there's a lot goes with that. And here is what I think that God is proving that the Holy Spirit is here. Because what He, the, the real Holy Spirit is going to what? Lead you and guide you into all truth. It's going to teach you how to get Him. It's going to teach you how to get Him. All right? It's not going to lead you astray. Listen, Satan can't tell you how to get the new birth. He can give you an, he can give you an anointing to make you act like you got the new birth to a degree. That's anointed ones. Remember, he's anointed. Now, Peter said first faith. Now, watch real close. He's talking about down here. He's on blasphemous names. He's talking about the pyramid. First, you got faith. Now is your first. Now, add your faith virtue. And we've been through all that. Let's continue on. 
<clears throat> now then from this, and then brings this into seven church ages, God is building in seven church ages a bride for Christ. So that's his whole intent for the Gentile bride. And I got to bring this in because there's a bride of Old Testament that he, that he divorced. There's a bride of the New Testament that he has here, which is the bride of Christ through seven church ages. Then after the seven church ages over, now there's not a bride in the, in the, uh, uh, at the 144,000, but they do get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All right. So it's, and it's not an anointing. It's a birth. All right. So let's read in Ezekiel. We've read this many times before. I'm going to read it again. Because to me, if you read this without the Holy Ghost, or even if you read this without a prophet telling you what this means, you're going to be totally confused. All right, so let's read it. Ezekiel 36, 22. Therefore say unto the house of Israel. Now listen, this is Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, you got to remember that, that Scripture has dual meaning, right? You, he could be talking about the remnant and then talking about you. He can be talking about the saints in the Old Testament and be talking about you. All right? They're about with me. So what he's doing is he's telling Israel that I'm going to save you. It's Ezekiel prophesying to Israel that I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to take the stony. But this is to me and you and our new birth. Because the prophet of God, he said many, many times, he said, you know, in other words, paraphrasing, that that this is what's right about this. It's not the Holy Spirit coming, the first spirit. Everybody with me? See, some of you that some of you not understanding, so let's go to it. Therefore saith unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God. In other words, it's going to happen. I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake. So anybody that's under the name of the Lord Jesus which you have profaned among the heathen, whether you went. Shame on you. Shame on us. Listen, we profaned the, the holy name of God until we got born again. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. Now, he's talking about Israel. He's talking about all the other, the Gentiles. All right, now watch. And the heathen, Gentiles, shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you. In you before their eyes. Jews on the day of Pentecost, 120 of them. Those were, it fell on Jews first. We know it went to the Gentiles, but it fell on the Jews first. Because remember, excuse me, the Jews in a certain place there in the book of Acts, they marveled that the Gentiles could receive the same Holy Ghost they had. They thought that promise was just, I mean, Jews were just that way. (laughs) I'm God's people. Uh, It ain't for you. Uh, we're, we're the people. I want to show you now. We're Israel. Well, then Paul walks up, and I bet you in a congregation, when he said not all Israel's Israel, that's probably when they tried to stone him. Because them big proud Israelites are like, what? Bless God. I'll talk to my priest about that. 
All right, so look. For I will take you from among the heathen. Me? For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring to you, you into your own land. This is the promise in the millennium. God's going to save Israel as a nation and put them in the millennium. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Praise God. I'll take that. <clears throat> a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. Now, if you stop right there, you say, man, this is great. He's going to give me a new way, a new spirit, and he's going to put his Holy Spirit in me. Wrong answer. That's not what it says. Thank God for a prophet. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Now, you're talking about a stony heart. Now, Israel, a Jew, pretty stony. Look, verse 27, though, is real clear. And I, who's I? Who's talking? Jehovah God. And I will put my spirit. Now, that's the one I want. I will put my spirit within you and cause you rudder cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them we'll read what brother brown says about that in a minute so let's look at justification just for a second if that's all right and then we'll we'll um, start this afternoon a little bit more so justification we know that that uh, when Brother Brown teaches us that we're justified, that we our past sins are chopped off, but it really does nothing for our nature, we're still rotten, filthy inside, right? All right. But justification, though, is being saved. All right. It's a fine line there. You can't stay like that forever. But it is part of your journey. And if you do pass away or die during that time, you're going to heaven, but you're not bright. Because you believe. Now, listen, Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith. All right. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Is everybody with me? All right. But that's not all of it. Not in this age. In this age, there's a call for more. There's a call to sanctify that vessel. Clean that thing up and God will do it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you need to know this. When you got justified, did you not feel a peace? I did. That God didn't remember that junk I just got finished giving to him. How happy we should be. Be justified freely. And those who is really justified, he's already glorified. Yes, Praise God. <clears throat> Therefore, being justified by faith, I believe that when I ask God to forgive me of my sins, that he's just to do it. He's just to do it. Because you know why? He's got to go by what his word says. And to be just... To be a righteous judge, if you stand there and say, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Forgive me of my past. 
And he will. But now remember, that guy that made you do those bad things is still in there. All right? And then if a week from now you turn around and go back out in the world, you did get justified from what you did from there back. But for what you did from there forward, you're still, the account is being added up again. And somewhere God's going to call you to that second stage. All right, stop that. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Listen, when you get justified, you get access to God because you've come to a place that you, like I said, sick and tired of being sick and tired. By whom also we have access by faith into what? This grace. Wherein we stand. What is the grace? Watch this. John three sixteen. There's our grace. For God so loved the whole world. Remember, Joel said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. But only a certain group of people is going to receive it. Only a certain group is going to grab it and say, hey, I want that. Don't grab it and say, I might want that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're justified today and get killed in a car wreck, you're going to heaven. But now six months from now, if you're still as sorry as you were, that's for God to decide. All right? But you buy your fruits, you'll be known. Because listen, if you were truly justified, if you stand right here, any of you, you stand right here and you know what you've done from here backwards because you were there. Right? And you knew what you'd done, but you literally believed that by some way, somehow, this amazing God, don't remember that no more. Now, we might. But we see, there's the faith. You got to have faith that God forgave you of that. And that's not piled on top of you, Brother George. That's not piled on you anymore. Listen, the devil may want to drag that thing out of the sea of God's forgiveness, but you put a no fishing sign up. Leave me alone. But see, you got to have faith, though. You can't say, well, now, well, now, devil, I, you know, he may not have. He, and you know what? If you think that, he didn't. When I got justified, I knew the things I'd done. For 20-something years out in the world, I knew what I'd done. Because I was there. Me and the devil both. And I knew enough of the Bible, not the message of the hour. I knew enough of the Bible that he who has truly repented... God will cut your sins off. Now it says, and give you everlasting life. It says, you're going to something. You're going to get eternal life. If you, if you truly, because see, the Bible says those who is justified, he's already glorified. Now, if he justified you, he's, he's going to glorify you, but you got a, you got a, a journey to go there. All right. It ain't just instant. But if you're truly justified, the day you got justified, if you realize this, the day you got really justified, you got a glorified body, something, somewhere, somehow. It ain't over under somewhere. It's being built right here. Yeah. If you really believe that. Yeah. 
But if it was just an emotion or just a, well, I felt good. That preacher made me cry. That's okay. I can make you cry. People cry at funerals. Remember Brother Brown, the first sermon he preached, the old man said, Brother Brown said, they cry at funerals. He said, but I made them cry. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So it all comes down to faith. Because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. In other words, you don't know who he is. He can't save you if you don't know who he is. Because he's the saver, savior, sanctifier, Holy Ghost filler. you got to remember that. That's him. That's his title. And then as we see that we need to go to the part of water baptism. All right? It's not essential, but you sure need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Real quick. Sanctification. Now listen. Here's where Brother Brown says you get this new heart that Ezekiel is talking about. Or this new spirit. Everybody with me? Not the Holy Spirit. Not yet. But he's going to give you a new spirit. Even Brother Brown tells you, he says he's going to give you a new spirit so that you can what? So you can deal with your own self. Because you're fixing to go through something that your whole life you have based on that out there. Everything revolved around the world. And now you've come to this new way, this new part of your life that you've been justified. Then you come to a new place. And let's read this real quick and then we'll close. I'm sorry. It may take a minute over, but I've got to get to this right here. So he gives you a new spirit. And Brother Brown says, that's not the Holy Spirit. I didn't bring the quote so because you already should knew this. Know this. That's a new spirit. That's, that's, a, new, that's a new way, a new, a new feeling. If you want to say, you can go by feelings if you wish, but it's a new spirit. In other words, so that what he does, he softens up. He's continuing to soften that stony heart up. Make it pliable where he can use it and we can let him. But he gives us that new spirit at sanctification. Now, what is sanctification? We know that it's, it's what? Cleaned and set aside for service, not put in service. All right. Because listen, Judas was sanctified. By the Lord himself. Not by some second rate something. He was justified and sanctified by the Lord Jesus himself. Amen? All right. So Judas was what? He just didn't have the Holy Ghost in his soul. First Thessalonians 4 verse 3 said, For this is the will of God. All right. What is the will of God? It's the word of God. Even your sanctification. So his whole word is cleaning us up. Washing of water by what? The word, all right, that you should abstain from fornication. Now watch, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. So it's a learning process. It's a learning process. Matthew 12, verse 43, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through. Now remember, this is not justification because the unclean spirit's still in there at justification. This is sanctification. When you get that new spirit, when you get that new heart, when you get when you start coming to church, you start reading your Bible. 
When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeketh rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came from. So the devil still got claims on you. That's what it says. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Not just piled over in a corner somewhere. Not just like we do sometimes open a closet and throw everything in it and shut the door. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, anyway, I, I just heard that happen. Well, I'm in trouble now. Okay. <clears throat> open my closet door. <laughs> but no, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Listen, we laugh, but listen, when the Holy Spirit cleans you out, he don't leave anything lacking. When he says, I'll clean you up, he don't leave a corner. But you got to let him. Then goeth he and taketh himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in, what? That same place that has been cleaned and swept and garnished. In other words, the old, the old thinking has been taken out. But what does the devil do? If we don't fill it with the Holy Ghost, what happens? He sends seven more more wicked than himself. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. Real quick, John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify them. This is Jesus. Sanctify them through thy truth. Now, how are you going to get sanctified? By the truth. By the word. Our problem is we get justified. We get to feeling good. We know that God, and listen, and know that God saved you. Know that God forgive you your sins. Then you start the church, but the first little something happens. Out the door you go. I want the unclean spirit out the door. And I stay here. Stay under the water. If you get under the water, you will get wet. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Man, I'm telling you. You gotta fight to keep them devils out. But let God help you. Let the washing of the water by the word. So what gets me. I'm sorry, just for a minute. If I go over a minute, just eat a banana instead of eating a regular meal. It'll help you lose weight. Yeah, I am preaching, brother. You need that. And that <laughs> it'll help you with your sugar if you quit eating it. I am preaching, brother. So I forgot my whole thought, so I forgot. But no, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And you, but you see somebody, and, and I'm sorry because I am not, I'm not, I'm not building myself up by no means, but I'm telling you one thing. When I was out in the world and I did some stupid stuff, I didn't come running to church. Because I knew enough that if I ran in here and I wasn't ready, I'd just go right back out and do the same thing over and over again. I'm not advocating stay away from church, but I'm telling you, every time I had some little something in my life, me and June, or different things in my life as a non-Christian, I didn't run here because I knew I wasn't living right to start with. 
I knew I had to be changed. But what problem is somebody comes to that door, they want their situation changed. They don't want their person changed. Hello, somebody. I'm going to preach for a minute. They want their they want their situation changed, but they don't want to change their person. If you're living in sin, you're going to go right back out there living in sin. And you know what? It's going to pile on top of you just like I read. That unclean spirit's going to bring seven other guys, and you're going to be seven times worse. Listen, we all have problems and issues. But when you come and know that you're lost, and you come here and you want me or somebody to solve your problems, you are the problem. Get you straightened out. Get you saved and full of the Holy Ghost. I can't save you and I can't fill you. But I can tell you what to do. But that was my whole thing. I said, until I until I know, God had to knock me off of the knock me off the dock up there in Gainesville. Everybody knows my story, most of you do. Until that happened, Brother Collie, I knew I was a mate believer. I wasn't going to just start coming to church just because I had this little issue and because I know this is a place to come. You know, my dad's going to help me because I'm going to come in the church doors, you know. No, I needed a me change. One more time. Don't come into this church not saved, not full of the Holy Ghost. Now, listen, Holy Ghost filled people, you got problems too. I'm sorry, do y'all have problems? Okay, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. But now, Holy Ghost filled people do the same thing, though. You can tell when, when you know, not you, Brother Collie. But, you know, you'll say, Brother Collie, Brother Collie, Brother Collie, Brother Wade, Brother Collie, Brother Wade, Brother Collie, Brother Wade, Brother Collie. Brother Collie does something kind of a little bit wrong. Hey, Brother Collie. Oh, God bless you, Brother Wade. Because you're ashamed because you're inside of you. There's something inside of you tell you shouldn't have done what you did. Well, that's the same way if you're not saved. But if you're not saved, don't run away. Listen, if you're born again, won't run away. You might step out for a time, maybe one service, <laughs> but not ten in a row. I'm... If you want help, there's help here. But you got to want it. You don't. You you can't want it to get a better car, or you can't want it to get a better wife, or you can't want it to get more finances or whatever. You know, you gotta want have yourself changed. How to do that? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the what promise. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the two truth. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> nope. We'll just have a song. Uh, acapella, don't come up here. And if anybody has a need, I, I hate staying over, but I wanted to get this out. And I still didn't get to the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. Boy, that's a good one to end on. Even as Christ also loved the church and what? Gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by, I'm going to say, his word. That he might present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy 
and without blemish. First Corinthians 6 verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Look, neither fornicators. I don't want you to raise your hand, but we're all in this group. And we don't have a chance without God. Everybody with me, read this. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You're all going to hell. And such were some of you. But you're washed. You stayed long enough that the washing of water, the word washed that out of you, and you became a Christian. But you're washed. But you are sanctified. Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's just that sanctification, though, folks. We're not talking about the birth yet where he puts my spirit or God puts his spirit in us. This all happens before that. And that's the whole problem we have is sometimes we think, well, we got the new birth just because we got a sanctified condition. Feel good, you know. Unclean spirit's gone out. But it's not. Remember, it's set aside for service, not in service, and it's not sealed. So whatever's in here can get out or whatever's out there can get in. We want the sealing. All right? We want that we want that thing to be sealed up till the day of our redemption. You love the Lord. Think about it. Think on these things. Think about your justification. Think about your walk with God. Are you tr- did you truly get justified? Did you truly get sanctified? And then did you truly continue on to the baptism of the Holy Ghost or did you just want uh, and and you know, we always say that we giggle when we say people find Jesus in jail. Well, that's kind of what it is. It's kind of that you got caught, and you've become under a conviction of just getting caught. Don't get quiet on me. Let's hope that's not what happens with your situation, that you truly want to get rid of it, that you truly want to be justified, and you believe that there's a justifier standing here that will do it. And then there's a sanctifier, and what is it? It's the water of the Word. Listen, when you come to a place of sanctification, yeah, you might have still have you might be leaning a little bit back toward the toward the world a little bit, but but you read your Bible instead of whatever else you was reading before. You got to make a step. Now listen, when you get sanctified, God's not going to throw the Bible in front of you and say, "Hey, read that." You got to want to. You got to want to be washed by the water of the word. Listen, before we go, legion had legions of demons that were tormenting him. Legions of demons. But when he come to Jesus, he didn't run away. He confronted the Lord. And them demons inside of him said, why have you come here before my time? In other words... But remember, what did Jesus, Jesus didn't preach him a sermon. Legion said, in other words, I want him to leave. What did Jesus say? Go. <laughs> go. Anyway, he said, he didn't preach a sermon. He didn't say, I am the son of God. He said, go. 
Why? Because his authority was there. He was speaking to that thing. And what happened to Legion? Just as soon as those demons were cast out of Legion, we know where they went. But the Bible says that he was naked at one time, but he put his clothes on and it was in his right mind. He started going to church. Praise God. It's a journey we all need to identify with. Before we, and, and I may have, should have preached this before we went up beside your perfect man, but, but we got to know that, that our foundation is sure because Satan will knock us and try to knock us off of our foundation. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Lord, if there be anybody here that needs, needs anything, Lord, I pray that you touch their heart. And Father, we will give you all the honor and glory for anything that's been, that's been going on. In this church, Lord, it started from just a small group of people to the people we are now. Lord, there's many generations passed away. There's many generations of people that's left this church that you don't see them anymore. And, and you know they're not true and they're not right. Father, I pray that you'd bring that generation back. Even if there's now another new generation of those families, Lord, I pray that you'd bring them back home to you. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the ones that are sick, the ones that are not with us. Bless us and sanctify us for this journey. Lord, give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. Forgive us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, real quick, bring the kids up here and let's do this, unless y'all want to do it this afternoon. I know some of you can't stand two services, so I didn't mean that bad. I just meant sometimes you can't stand to be here two services. But bring all the kids up here if you're going to go to school, if you're going to be in school, if you're going to teach school. All right. Okay, one for Isaac. All right. If you got one, if you need one for you. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, buddy. All right. All right, grab one and go stand over there. Go stand over there. All right. Oh, ladies first. All right. Now, once you put these in your book book bag or your backpack or whatever you do, or carry or even uh, put it under your bed at night. We believe that this is not hocus-pocus, right? We believe this has, there's power behind this, all right? Because we understand the power is not in the cloth, it's the understanding behind it. All right, there you go. Go stand over there. Oh, you and Thomas and, and Lily, all right? Okay. All right, there, Melody, bless your heart. Growing up like we believe. Hey, buddy, you're going to have a good year at school. You're going to have a good year at school, too. All y'all going to have a good year at school. All right, Morty, bless you, Zam. Good-looking kid. Bless you, sister. Good job. You're a little old and be in school. <laughs> One, two, three. And you, you got two more in Augusta, don't you? You got them for them? Okay. Hmm? Two? Yeah, okay. Yeah, send them to people you know. We got plenty of them. We cut a bunch up. Bless you, buddy. Good to see y'all. Appreciate you. Got it? All right. Come on, Nyla. Nyla. I'll, I'll give it to you first. Chloe. Now, Nyla. All right. Bless you, sister. Good job. Man, they growing up. Look at them. Bless you. Jaden. Jade and Jude. Okay, got it. Okay. All right, Michael, two. All right, Joyce needs two. If anybody else, all right. 
Well, here, hand it, hand it over to him, please. Now, we know one thing's for sure. We've seen God move by us believing that, that the prayer of the saints will move the devil out of the way. All right? We know that. We've seen it. We've seen, I've seen cancer heal by just a prayer cloth. All right? We've seen a lot. In, in all of your situations, we could all stand all day and testify something that we took that cloth, Brother Danny, different ones. That cloth is not a hocus-pocus. Uh-uh. It's what the Bible tells us to do. Listen, it's the washing of water by the Word. So we're going to wash as we go to school. You're going to be washed by God. Nobody else is going to know it. You're going to be in your own, not your own little world, but you're going to be in your own time with God because you've connected with Him. And He's, I'll be with you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He didn't say, well, now I'll wait till the second period of school and I'll be there at the second period. No, He's with you the whole time. All right, you just got to yield yourself to God and believe that that's what it is. Brother Bob, we come up here. Brother Aaron, Brother Luis, <clears throat> come up here and let's, uh, let's pray over this group, group of kids. <clears throat> and everybody pray. All right. <clears throat> so let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we remember when we were coming up in school and all the fear and not knowing and 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 being shy and apprehensive and 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 all that comes with it but lord i wish i would have stopped one day and 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 said jesus help me lord may we stop and ask for your help today lord with these prayer cloths they're going out to everyone in the building plus some lord that have grandkids and kids. Lord, we pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus that the anointing that's on that cloth will help our students, that will help them converse, not be bullied or not bully. Amen? Not be bullied or bully. Not to be kicked around by the devil or don't kick people around. Lord, I pray that that they'll all be an example, that even the teachers will say, wow, what? What, what what are you doing? What are you doing different? Well, you can just tell them, say, teach. I believe that God is right here helping me through my day. And, Lord, I pray that you'll help them with the schoolwork, that every one of them, Lord, will be a scholar student, a stellar student, someone that pays attention and, and, and makes good grades, Lord, and at, at least tries at least put forth an effort, Father. And, and, and here we are as a church, as, as a body of believers, we're standing behind them. That any, any, any child or young adult that's having trouble in school, Lord, we pray that, that if they just slip their hand up one day or slip us a note or, or, or say, please, I, I'm having trouble. As Brother Branham's kids would tell us, say, Dad, we've got this real hard test tomorrow. Would you remember me in prayer? Well... Uh, you're the same God. You're the same one that taught us how to be Christians. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll teach our kids their lessons and their learnings and the different things. Because in this world, Lord, they need this to get through. And if you tarry, Lord, we want them to have good jobs and we want them to be successful, Lord. Uh, not so much in the world, but successful in God. And then you will perform, Lord, what you said. You'd pour out the windows of heaven, 
that you would give them, Lord, strength, I pray, during the, during the day, Lord. And that you'll touch our teachers, Lord. Everyone that's got a teacher connected that you know, Lord, I pray that they call, you call them by name in your mind, Lord. And, and my sister and different ones, Lord, that, that battles every day. They battle all the demons of the kids and the demons of the parents and the demons of the world. Well, Father, I pray that you're greater than any demon that ever was formed. I don't care where they're at. Lord, I pray for protection. I pray for protection for their schools, that their resource officers and different counselors will know what to do in different situations. We see now that somebody just want to go in and shoot the whole place up. Lord, I pray that if that ever come ever comes to that, Lord, that you'll knock them down, that you'll turn them away. And, and Lord, a, 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 an anointing of repentance will come on them so strong. Till they'll quit what they're doing. I mean, in everything, bullying and fighting and, and, and all the different things, Lord. I pray that you would do that. Father, you're a God that will do it. And we got asked today, Lord, as a group of people, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that saved us, sanctified us, and filled us with the Holy Ghost, that you'd protect these young adults, children, and their teachers, and the school, and all the different things, Lord. May they be taught correct. And, Lord, may we have strength enough as ministers and Sunday school teachers and, and all here at this church that we'll add to that, that we'll add to it and give them the spiritual side, Lord, that they need, Lord, to combat the devil. Father, I pray that you'll be with them naturally, Lord, during the time that they're at school, Father. As they're growing up, there's going to be many questions. There's going to be many concerns. Their little bodies are going to change, and there's different things going to happen. Lord, I pray that you would, as, as parents and as different ones, Lord, as leaders, that you would let us, Lord, have the mind of Christ and let us be able to help. You said you're an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Well, Father, if we ever get in trouble, we're going to call on you. And you said you would help us. Father, just be with each one. Thank you for giving us children, Lord. Thank you for giving us young adults. Thank you for giving us people that, that are even wanting to go to school. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, Lord, and keep them. And, and as I say one more time, give them a mind to understand what's going on and also the mind of Christ to understand the spiritual part, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for each one. We ask your blessings as we dismiss for second service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come back second service. God bless you. Take the name of Jesus with